places and the ones they love All the secrets they'd unlock if these old bones could talk Good morning, good morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond. Cable Smith welcoming everybody to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And our friends over at Hoff, Power Polaris, Matt Hillier, if these old bones could talk, kicking things off for us. Great tune there. Man, it is so great to be here, talking all things hunting, fishing, and the great outdoors with you. There is no better time of the year. Uh, I just got back from Colorado on a, a week-long elk hunting and, and mule deer hunting adventure. Didn't pan out the way that I thought it would or wanted it to, and uh, and I'll get into that more at the bottom of the hour. But truly, uh, I mean, dove season is in full swing. Teal season going strong, wrapping up this weekend. Uh, we've got Texas archery season, actually a lot of states' archery seasons, opening up on October 1st, which is next weekend. So finally, whitetail season uh, almost here. It's a great time to be an outdoorsman or outdoor woman. I think that's right. Maybe you just call them uh, sportsman or sportswoman. But whether or not you've got a penis doesn't really matter. Uh, times have changed, and we're glad they have. Uh, just thrilled to have so many outdoor enthusiasts out there. And, and thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, really do appreciate it as we've got a great show lined up for you today. Not only will we talk about my failures in Colorado at the bottom of the hour, wah, wah, wah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we've got some special guests here today as well. So you know what to do by now. Pull up your stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old thermos because... Man, we've got a ton to get into and uh, not a lot of time to do it. So, uh, off the top, we will be joined by Walker Smith. He is the managing editor of Wired to Fish, the uh, world's largest freshwater fishing website. We're going to talk buzz baits. Uh, this is uh, a bait that, when it came out, people wanted it banned. It was so effective. Uh, over the years... It's kind of fallen by the wayside, and uh, a lot of anglers keep that thing stowed away in a deep, dark corner of their tackle box, which is a big mistake. And if I didn't believe that was true, we wouldn't spend a couple segments on it, but Walker will be here to give us the lowdown on how buzz baits can result in blow-ups for big bass. Uh, so a very detailed bass fishing segment coming at you off the top. Actually, a couple segments. Then, and this is something I'm really excited about, our old friend Aaron Lewis. Yeah, I used to rock out to him in high school. Uh, he was a front man for Stained. I think maybe we were all a little bit more angry in high school. I don't know. I, I certainly was. Uh, but his music spoke to me then uh, as, a, as a rock and roller, and it speaks to me now as a country singer-songwriter. He's released his third album, Sinner. And so uh, Aaron will be here. We'll uh, we'll talk some bow hunting. He's still got his own show on the road with Rock and Aaron on Sportsman's Channel. I think it's in season five now. Uh, so we'll talk some bow hunting for big game. Also, we'll get his take on Hillary potentially being our new president. I don't think uh, that's going to go very well, but uh, we'll get his take on that. Uh, not a big Hillary fan, I, I promise you. 
and then at the bottom of the hour, like I said, uh, we'll recap last week in Colorado, my own personal experience and a couple just profound blunders that I made. And I, I told my buddy Baylor, who uh, I was actually hunting with him, we were staying at his grandfather's farm and we had a national forest less than a mile away. And between the two of us, we had five tags to punch. Uh, well, it, it didn't pan out. And I told Baylor at the end of the week, I said, man, I'm sorry. I, I don't think that I've ever hunted worse than this in my life. Maybe I have, but if, if that's true, then I certainly don't remember it. So a uh, couple serious mistakes that I made. Hopefully y'all can learn from those blunders and, and, uh, and they're not mistakes that I'm proud of. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it was a, it was a rough deal. So uh, that will be uh, coming up at the end of the program. A couple other things to mention. Don't forget our September photo of the month contest is rocking and rolling. We've got the Garmin Sport Pro e collar and remote uh, for all of you dove hunters, duck hunters, quail hunters, hog doggers. You name it. If you've got a hunting dog. You want this e-collar and remote. It retails for 300 bucks. All you have to do, send in your best hunting or fishing image to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered into this month's contest. You can also uh, post it on our Facebook page wall or send it to us on Instagram. And then at the end of the year, uh, our 12 monthly winners will square off for a fan vote to determine who gets to hunt trophy axis deer or black buck with me down at the beautiful Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. So uh, that's our grand prize hunt package, once again, brought to you by Coons Canyon Ranch. Um, okay, let's do a quick giveaway here before we have to take a break. I've got a scent blocker, forget the wind, just hunt t-shirt. I've got a bottle of DUI, deer under the influence attractant from scent blocker, a keychain, and a cap. We'll offer this up to the third person to text in the word whitetail. That's whitetail to 214-289-7807. Text in the word whitetail to 214-289-7807, and you could win the Scent Locker prize pack. Let's take a break. Up next, we're talking all things buzz baits for big bass right here. DSC's Old Star Outdoor Show. No blood in these veins. Hardly see a car, truck, or train. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. And then we put our lines down in the water and waited for the fish to bite. 
right, Bo Phillips, fishing with Grandpa, bringing us back on DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Ah Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. It's so great to be here with you. Thanks for dropping by and sharing a part of your weekend with me as we are all set to talk some fishing here today, uh, specifically those big fall bucket mouths. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show is brought to you by Costa Sunglasses. Go to CostaDelmar.com. You can see their entire lineup of shades uh, that are ideal for the angler or, you know, hunter. I wear a camo pair, dove hunting as well. Uh, but it's a game changer. You really can see below the surface. And they've got a, just a litany of different styles, frames, and lenses to choose from. Uh, go ahead and check them out at CostaDelmar.com. Costa Sunglasses. See what's out there. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. He is the managing editor for the world's largest freshwater fishing site. He's also a competitive tournament angler. It is my pleasure to welcome Walker Smith to the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. It is a pleasure. A pleasure. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with you, you know, as, as an angler and, and then how you transitioned into writing for uh, Wired to Fish. Well, I'm the managing editor of WiredToFish.com, and that's the uh, actually the largest freshwater fishing website in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 28 years old. Um, I started, or I helped start the Georgia College and State University bass fishing team when I was in college. Um, we got ranked, I believe it was number six in the nation. I won a couple tournaments, and uh, man, you know, I started working real jobs, what you'd call real jobs out of college. Um, I hated it. <laughs> I've always loved to fish. And um, so what I do is on my lunch breaks for my real jobs, I would sit in my truck with a power converter and uh, write fishing articles. And I'd uh, I'd turn them in, you know, the little small publications regionally. And eventually that kind of snowballed into some national publications. And, you know, I hooked on with Wired to Fish and hadn't looked back since. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. And I've enjoyed reading uh, some of your stuff over the years. Uh, one that kind of stood out uh, was something you wrote. And I, I don't, it's not even a, a recent article. I think you wrote it last October. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, nothing's changed. And, and it was about buzzbait, so specifically 10 ways to catch more buzzbait bass. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this was a bait, and you allude to this in the article, that when it was developed, many anglers thought it should be illegal because it caught too many fish. And, you know, I guess it's kind of like the Alabama rig in, in recent memory. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but I guess over the years, there's been new developments, new technologies, and uh, the buzzbait kind of gets, you know, it's kind of gone by the wayside in a lot of anglers' tackle boxes. It just kind of sits there and very rarely gets used, which um, in this article you, you say is a big mistake. Well, let's just start with the first tip here. Um, of the 10, it's recognize the advantages of a buzzbait. I'll let you kind of talk about a few of those. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, it's fallen by the wayside. And I think a lot of it has to do with this industry these days is so, and the hunting, the same can be said for the hunting industry. Um, the outdoor industry as a whole is so caught up in the latest and greatest. Mm-hmm. It's what sells. That's what companies put their marketing behind. And as a result, it's fallen, the buzzbait's fallen by the wayside. And um, it's one of the most effective ways to cover large expanses of water in a short period of time 
And what I mean by that is when you pull up, when you put your boat in, or whether you're fishing from the bank in a pond, um, you know, you you don't know what the bass, where the bass are going to be positioned every day. Bass change from minute to minute, sometimes second to second. So it's important to cover water quickly, make a lot of casts, and cover a lot of ground so you can put little middle notes um, together throughout the day and effect, effectively put the puzzle together. And a buzz bait allows you to make long casts. You know, they're, they're usually generally pretty heavy. You're going to throw it with braided line, a smaller diameter braided line. So you can cast it a long way. You can reel it quickly. And even when the even if a bass comes up and blows up on it, gets a good topwater explosion out of it, sometimes they'll miss it, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, a buzz bait can be referred to as a search bait, which means if even if they do miss it, well, guess what? You know exactly where that bass was. Was it on the outside grass line? Was it on the outside stump? What depth was it in? Was it near a feeder creek? You can put all those things together and, um, you know, catch a lot of bass throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So the efficiency is a big deal. Now, also, it's it's a reaction lure. And I was talking with Mike Iconelli. He's a very successful Elite Series pro. Oh, sure. He's been on the show before. Love him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy and a heck of a fisherman. And we were talking, doing a story together a couple years ago, and he gave me a really good analogy that I use a lot when I when I speak to people about fishing. And that is, if you're standing there and somebody just tosses a tennis ball at you, what's your natural reaction? You're going to try to catch it. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's hardwired into our brain since we were little. Somebody throws something at you, you're probably going to try to catch it. Right. That's kind of that's kind of what a buzz bait does to a bass. It, that bass might not be on a major feed. It might not be hungry, but if it buzzes by that fish's nose fast enough, that bass is hardwired to come in and attack it. So that's what we call reaction strike. Mm-hmm. That's what's so big about these buzz baits, and also the sound. Um, the sound is the third major advantage. It's very unique. Um, you know, and I think that's why when this lure was first introduced way back in the day, people were like, well, no, 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 no. It's catching too many fish. It, yeah. You know, we should outlaw that. Um, that The bass just, at that point, the bass have never heard it. Then it got kind of popular. But now, again, you can capitalize on that unfamiliarity. Um, not many people are throwing it now. So you can go to a public, a pressured public fishery and catch plenty of bass on that thing because they – they probably haven't seen it lately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I'll tell you this, uh, I guess when I fish at night, which isn't that often, but uh, when I just walk over the golf, you know, the golf course ponds by the house, and uh, that's the bait that I have the most luck with, um, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why that is, but I, it probably has something to do with low light is prime time, which is uh, your next point here. Yeah, I mean, and especially, you know, right now we're talking about you know, late summer, at least in Georgia and in Texas, Yeah. late summer, uh, hopefully we get fall one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these hot times of year especially, that's when a buzz bait can be most effective. And the second tip that you mentioned, low light is prime time because summertime bass tend to be most active in overnight hours. When we're laying in the bed, they're eating. Uh-huh. And during the daylight hours, they're kind of hanging out They're, You know, it's hot and I mean, their metabolism slows down and they're not looking to eat much. So 
if you can get out there in low light hours, either late in the evening after work or early in the morning, stop by the pond on the way to work, you can catch the tail begin well the beginning and the tail end of that nighttime feeding period and really blast them. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. And then you also talk about there's different types of buzz baits. I mean, um, we all have been walking down the the, uh, the aisle there at uh, our favorite sporting goods store, and and sometimes the choices are overwhelming. Um, you've got inline buzzers, clackers, and squealers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're um, it, it's funny when you when you read it out loud like that, it kind of sounds silly. But it sounds like Joe Dirt. He's talking about all his fireworks he has. That's exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the inline buzzers. Yeah, I, I try to write these articles and present information in an easy to understand way because when I first started fishing, I would scour magazines, I'd scour the internet for easy to understand information that wasn't over my head. So I, I tried to simplify this, uh, the buzzbait selection in this article. So the inline buzzer is one that you're not going to see as much when you're walking through the aisle of your favorite sporting goods store. It's kind of a uh, kind of a old style bait. Um, Arbogast makes one called the buzz plug. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a crazy looking thing, but it works. It looks like a little anteater. Um, it, huh. It's a very compact buzz bait, and it's it's better for areas where the cover or vegetation is especially dense. It doesn't have that big skirt hanging off the back of it always, and it doesn't have as much of the lure underneath the surface. It mm-hmm. keeps more of the lure on top, and you can go through and over vegetation a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And the clacker is one that a lot of the companies um, these days are coming out with. Um, it's not a new concept, but it's kind of it's caught fire, and they're selling well. And what that is, that's um, that's a traditional buzz bait. If you can picture a buzz bait in your mind, it's got a little piece of metal on the bend of that wire that clacks against the um, that clacks against the the blade and uh, of course that's where the clacker noise comes from right. and um it, it it's louder and when so that means when you're fishing conditions that are windy or you know especially windy you know it's harder for a bass to hear and sense something near it when that surface tension of the water is broken up mm-hmm. so that clacker can draw a little bit more attention to itself and get those bass to come eat it and the third one which is the most common one that you're going to find in any sporting goods store you go to. It's called a squealer. And it's it's a little stealthier. Um, so if you're fishing a pond or if you're fishing a lake early in the morning or late in the evening and it's, it's slick calm, it looks like a mirror, that's what you're going to use. Um, it's high-pitched, and that's usually created by friction between the revolving blade and usually a rivet attached to it. And so when the bass are inactive, you could throw this thing towards them and reel it really slowly and get a lot of good bites. And that's a squealer, uh, which mm-hmm. you said is the uh, the most common right now. Uh, yes, sir. Well, hey, uh, we do need to uh, just take a quick commercial break here, but uh, I'm enjoying the conversation. Obviously, this time of the year is a great time of the year to be throwing buzz baits. Um, Want to get into uh, the last half of this article, so can you stick around for another segment? Yeah, I'll be here, man. Perfect. And that segment of the show, by the way, proudly brought to you by Rudy's True Texas Style Barbecue. Stop by for breakfast, lunch, or dinner at the newest Rudy's in front of the Cabela's in Allen, Texas. Rudy's True 
Texas style barbecue. Okay, uh, y'all don't go anywhere. We will be right back with more from Wired to Fish's Walker Smith. We're talking all things buzz baits coming at you next, right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Long and lean, every young man's dream. She turned every head in town. She was built and formed to handle sun. I love my guns, and one of my favorite hobbies is target shooting. Grant Stinchfield here. Recently, I got to experience what it's like to shoot at the Rockwall Gun Club. It's an amazing place, sitting on 70 acres, but what makes the Rockwall Gun Club so special is not just its first-class state-of-the-art facilities. Yes, it even has a 500-yard rifle range where your results show up on an iPad, but for me, it's the private atmosphere. It's like a country club for gun owners, 100% members only. And what's so cool is that many of the members are law enforcement officers, so it's common to be shooting next to the pros. The Rockwall Gun Club has 19 100-yard rifle stations, 19 25-yard pistol stations, and if archery is your thing, there's even a range for bow hunters. Now is the time to act. Become a founding member like me. The incentives they're offering are too good to pass up. The Rockwall Gun Club offers family and corporate memberships. Visit rockwallgunclub.com to set up a tour and see firsthand what it's like to be part of a private shooting experience. Visit rockwallgunclub.com. That's rockwallgunclub.com. Tell them Grant Stinchfield sent you. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my Custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers, from small single-axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com. Always been a gambling man, rolling bones with either hand. Seven years the promised land, early in the morning. Real whiskey be my dying bed, tell me where to lay my head. Not with me is all she said, early in the morning. Dollar Bill Blues, an all-time classic there from the great towns. Van Zant bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And Hoff, Power Polaris, Cable Smith riding shotgun with you. And uh, I do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if y'all don't listen, there's really no reason to have a show, to be honest with you. Uh, so thanks for being here with me as we are about to continue our talk on buzz baits for big bass with Wire to Fish's Walker Smith. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the show is brought to you by our title sponsor, Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. We'd love to have you get plugged in with us. Uh, it's a great group of people who are passionate about conservation, education, and hunters' rights. To learn more about us, go to biggame.org. Um, okay, well, let's go ahead and jump back into it here with our friend Walker Smith, a competitive bass angler and the managing editor for Wired to Fish. Walker, thanks for sticking around through the break, man. Certainly appreciate it. I'm enjoying the conversation. Absolutely, man. I've had a good time, bud. Well, let's uh, let's keep the ball rolling here. Um, as uh, you know, we we talked about earlier, 
Uh, your background, you write for Wired to Fish. You're the managing editor for uh, the world's largest freshwater fishing website. Um, lots of great content, uh, not just from you, but other authors as well. Uh, but specifically today, we are covering 10 ways to catch more buzzbait bass, uh, uh, an article that you penned, I guess it was last October, um, so about this time. Uh, mm -hmm. We are coming up on the end of September, um, and we talked about some of the, the uh, tips in the previous segment. Let's go ahead and dive back into it here. Uh, one that, and this is one that I've honestly, uh, I've never tried on my buzz baits, but uh, you know, I've seen multiple p places where you've mentioned trailer hooks and uh, that, you know, the fact that they can be your best friend. Mm, absolutely, man. I'm tempted to come through the phone and strangle you for not using a trailer <laughs> hook, man. <laughs> um, well, you know, we I'm, talked earlier, and those buzz baits sometimes they just get uh, they get stuck in that corner of the tackle box and don't see a lot of action. So this is this article though has inspired me to uh, start throwing them more often. Yeah, man, and, and, you know, and the thing with trailer hooks is you don't realize how important they are until you have got your butt whooped by a big fish and you're sitting there crying in the bottom of your boat. <laughs> um, it's happened with me, you know, several times throughout my life. Um, whether I'm fishing from a pond or fishing in a, you know, a higher profile tournament around Georgia. Um, so my stance on trailer hooks is that you need to use one. That sounds simple, but mm -hmm. um, it will, you will get your, you're playing with fire if you don't. Um, you know, there's nothing, nothing worse than, you know, if it's, it's, it can be slow fishing this time of year. So if you're out there, you know, working your tail off to get a bite and you finally get that big blow up and one misses it and you don't hook it, it's a terrible feeling. Oh, sure. So, so, you know, you can go get little packs of uh, trailer hooks at pretty much any store around. And, um, what I'll do, I'll thread that on the back of the hook, thread it onto the hook rather mm -hmm. that's attached to the buzz bait. So what that does, it gives the fish. Uh, more of an opportunity to get hooked and we we talked we've been talking about how the buzz bait is the reaction lure so those bass aren't always going to um you know they don't bat a thousand when they when they try to eat your buzz bait right and they're going to miss it and the trailer hook gives you an opportunity if that bass comes up and, and takes a swat at it or swipes at it it ha it that trailer hook gives you a much better chance of just even skin hooking that bass on its mouth so you can have an opportunity to get in the boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you can double your odds, you know, uh, why wouldn't you? And you know, I think yeah. the reason why, uh, and, this, and I think probably a lot of people out there listening today kind of fall in the same boat. We fish the way our dad fished. You know, he didn't throw a lot, my dad didn't throw a lot of buzz baits. Um, so that's something that, you know, I've just kind of discovered over the last few years, really. Um, and like I told you, I've, I've had success with them at night, but uh, no one ever told me, Hey, put a trailer hook on there. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I've, I've been blessed to have an opportunity to, to talk and work with so many good anglers. Um, and you know, a lot of these tips that we're talking about don't just come from me. They come from people that who are far better anglers than I am. Right. Um, and, and I totally agree with that. You, you tend to fish on how, based on how your dad fished. Yeah. Uh, my dad taught me how to fish in a little three acre farm pond. And all I knew, um, for years was a plastic worm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, going on to, uh, well, actually though, um, I was reading a, a previous article you wrote, talk about how you, you keep that trailer hook from coming off. Yeah. What you'll do, you take a piece of, um, it, it, it's a little, when you buy a package of, of trailer hooks, um, they'll, they'll be about four or five in a pack. 
and they'll usually come with a small piece of rubber tubing. Mm-hmm. And what you'll do, you'll cut a small section of that off, probably an eighth of an inch maybe. You'll put the trailer hook on the buzzbait mm-hmm. hook, and then you'll slide that uh, rubber tubing on in front, just underneath the barb of the main buzzbait hook, and that'll keep it on, and that'll stop it from slinging off when you make a long cast. Right. You mentioned in another article, though, that I forget what pro it was, but he just takes his morning coffee cup with a hole punch and just punches holes and then slides that on there. So you can use basically anything. Absolutely. Yeah, that that was uh, Elite Series Pro Mark Menendez. Uh-huh. That's excellent right. excellent guy, a good friend of mine, and a, he's a very innovative angler. Yeah. Um, yes. And I love working with guys like that because, yeah. you know, not everybody either, A, has the money to go buy different components, or B, if I've got it in my, you know, cup holder in my truck, why go buy something? Right. Right. Um, well, moving on to the uh, the next tip here, retrieve speed can make all the difference. And I mean, that goes to say with any bait, but uh, specifically with uh, buzz baits, why don't you shed some insight for us here? Yeah. So when, when we're fishing buzz baits or actually anything, we all, I don't care who you are, we all, if the fishing slow and you haven't gotten a bite in a while, we're all very, um, we're, we're tempted to kind of go into la-la land. Mm-hmm. And and I also call it robot mode. You know, because you, you start looking at the birds on the trees, the squirrels on the ground, you know, all sorts of weird stuff. And um, that's a big mistake when you're buzzbait fishing. And it's very important to um, be very, very, very thoughtful of your retrieve. Um, it can make a lot of difference, meaning sometimes it's a slow retrieve, sometimes it's a fast retrieve, sometimes it's a middle retrieve. Unfortunately, there's no cut and dry answer to that because that will change throughout the day, the week, the month, you name it. So it's important to experiment. So, you know, a, a good guideline, you know, put the boat in water, go start casting from the pond, make, you know, fish for about five minutes, five, ten minutes with the medium retrieve you know on like a six three to one gear ratio reel or seven to one just a of an, an intermediate retrieve mm-hmm. and then after that speed it up after that slow it down now one thing that i have noticed over the years in my personal fishing whether i'm guiding a fishing trip or fishing a tournament is um when you're getting a lot of short strikes on a buzz bait when they're missing it even when you're using that tra- that trailer hook um a lot of times the best way to combat that is to reel it faster that sounds crazy and it's kind of different it goes against what we what we would think would be yeah. the case oh yeah but again you gotta you gotta uh you gotta prey on those reactionary instincts of the bass they if they think that meal is which is the buzz bait if they think it's getting away from them they're competitive they don't want another bass to get it they're going to eat it first so if you can burn it by them they don't have a chance to think about it they're going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that is interesting. It, it does kind of seem like it would be the opposite, but good insight there. Um, let's talk about blade color, something that you say is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, blade color is important, but I don't believe that you should, that anyone should make, it should get too carried away in it. Mm-hmm. I think as anglers, we tend to overthink things a lot. And again, that's certainly myself included. Um, bass have the, a brain the size of probably your pinky fingernail. They're not, they're not smarter than us. So, you know, to keep it simple, I kind of break it down into three categories, um, a silver or white blade. Um, I personally prefer silver. 
So I'm going to use that whenever I'm fishing for shad-oriented bass. Mm-hmm. Um, fin shad are, are a major forage species for um, southern bass especially. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and not even threadfin shad. You know, if you see them eating on uh, creek minnows, uh, gizzard shad, anything like that, I'd, I'd go with that. I'm more prone to go with that silver blade. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also that tends to be a little bit more effective in clearer water. Let's say um, with visibility more than a foot and a half to two feet. Um, and another situation is when you're fishing in, like we discussed, low light or overcast conditions. Um, that's a big deal with buzzbait fishing. And a gold or black blade is very hard to beat. Me personally, I use a black blade. Um, I'll use a, a buzz bait with a black blade and a black skirt. Um, I keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives the bass a little bit more of a silhouette when they're looking at it from below. And that's why it's so effective for people who fish, you know, in the middle of the night when you're fishing dock lights and grass lines. It's a great option. Mm-hmm. Um, and black and white, um, I don't use those as much, mainly because I primarily, where I fished, uh, I primarily target largemouth bass. But what we've noticed is when you're around spotted bass and smallmouth bass, they're very curious. They're much more much more apt to jump on a lure than a largemouth bass. They're very sight-oriented. Mm-hmm. So those opaque blade colors really seem to pay off. So black or white, um, any time of day really can work well for those uh, spots and smallmouth. Sure. Well, yeah, let me ask you this. Uh, do you do you guys have very many smallmouth in Georgia? Because we, we have a couple lakes in Texas that have good fisheries, but, you know, basically we don't have a lot of them. Yeah, we, I think we have a couple lakes in North Georgia that have, um, smallmouth, but they're pretty small. You know, it's not, they're not, they're not the type of fisheries where you're going to go out and catch four and five pounders like we saw, you know, on the Angler of the Year championship on Mille Lacs this past week. Yeah. Um, they're going to be pretty small, but we do have very good spotted bass fishing. Uh, Lake Lanier is about two hours north of uh, my office, and that's, those fish pull like tanks. Yeah, and, and I was going to say the same same thing about smallies compared to largemouth. I mean, a lot of times when you turn that largemouth, even if it's a big fish, it's it's whooped. You know, mm-hmm. these smallmouth. I even I just got back from uh, Ontario. We did a uh, a boundary water canoe trip up there, and and my dad and I and brothers and I mean we caught smallmouth until our arms about fell off. They were we were so tired of it. But mm-hmm. you you reel in a twelve inch smallmouth and you're like, oh, this is gonna be a three or four pounder, and they they just gotta have a lot of fight in them. That's right. It, you know, I, I guess the largemouth can kind of be looked at as like the fat and lazy bass. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're uh, they'll pull, especially the larger ones. They'll pull and you'll feel those couple of slow head shakes and you mm-hmm. know it's a big one, but. Once you get them on, once you fight them for, you know, generally speaking now, once you fight them for, you know, 10 seconds, they're, like you said, they're pretty well whooped. But those spots in smallmouth, they will, yeah. they'll put a hurting on you in, in a good way. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, uh, let's talk about line choice. I think you already mentioned earlier braid is, is your go-to. Yeah, it is my go-to. And there'll be people listening to this, too, that say, well, Heck, I I like monofilament, you know, and some people say, well, I like a, a copolymer, and that's totally fine. And you know that that's something too that probably should be addressed is everybody has different ways of doing stuff when it comes to bass fishing, and if you're comfortable with it, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it's, it's so much of bass fishing is mental. 
And if you're not confident in what you're doing, the kind of line that you have on your reel, don't use it. That's the bottom line. For me personally, I like to use braided line because braided line has no stretch. It's um, it's like you know, honestly like a small rope. Um, monofilament, uh, what we grew up fishing with, mm-hmm. with our dads and granddads, has a lot of stretch to it. So if you're throwing monofilament on a buzz bait and a bass blows up on it, there's a lot of energy loss in that hook set between your rod tip and that lure, mm-hmm. especially if it's at the end of a long cast. So braided line, what it does, it's a smaller diameter. It manages really well on a reel, so you can cast it a long way. And when if you get bit on the end of a 40-yard cast, all you have to do is lean into it, and you've penetrated that hook, and that bass won't go anywhere. Right, right. Well, and if uh, if anyone out there listening is prone to uh, a little bird nest action or backlashing, uh, braid's much more forgiving on that front too. So it is, but when you get one, <laughs> oh, yeah. if you get a good one in braid, oh, that, that that can be a frustrating afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so you like to use twenty pound braid, is that right? Yeah, I'll use. You know. There's people that like 20-pound braid, and the source who I was uh, referring to in this particular art- article we're talking about, he likes 20-pound um, copolymer. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I, man, I, I'll use 50 to 60-pound braid. It sounds like an overkill, but when you're fishing in the flop or the salad, whatever you call it, that thick vegetation, you have to horse on those fish and get them the heck out of there because if they get one pull on you, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're fishing for thousands of dollars or just a cool Facebook or Instagram picture, I mean, you want to catch the fish. Yeah. So, you know, the, the line visibility isn't a big deal um, with with buzz baits, in my opinion, because not much of that line is in the water. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that, that larger line spooking them. Uh, my, my primary concern is when they bite, I need to lay the wood to them quickly, and I need to get them away from anything that might induce a hang-up. Mm, okay right on right on um well i will say this we are kind of running out of time so i'm just going to say a couple of the other tips sometimes you just got to tick them off and and that kind of goes into a repeated cast you know maybe don't get a blow up on the first one you know make another cast into that same area and you, and you might get that uh, reaction strike i do want to get into uh this the next tip though because i think it's very important and you talk about you know don't set the hook on the initial blow up wait a second and that goes against everything in our human nature you know we're sitting there as anglers and we're like oh there he is and, and you want to immediately jerk back on that hook um but you know your advice is to uh you know temper that a little bit yeah man it's it's the hardest thing in the world to do um like you said we're hardwired to do the exact opposite but if you can and you're going to mess up a couple times when you go try it everybody does i'm going to mess but, up tomorrow when i go do it <laughs> no you, you will but then after a couple after a couple mess ups you'll be rewarded yeah um just you know when you get that bite just try to relax and it's hard but try to relax and keep reeling the same speed you know speed up a little bit but when so it'll blow up keep reeling keep reeling and then when you feel the fish physically feel the fish start to load that rod tip then you'll just want to lean into them like you would with a crankbait or something it doesn't have to be a big you know dramatic cook set just lean into them especially if you're using braid that'll get them in the boat nearly every time mm-hmm. right on right on and then uh, and i think that's great insight there and then uh, the last thing you mentioned here is five prime buzzbait targets to try um and I'll, and I'll let you just go through those real quickly 
Yeah, man, uh, riprap. Um, that's kind of the fail-safe for a lot of anglers, no matter what technique you're using. Um, uh, riprap is, you know, chunk rock that's usually found on the edges of causeways that intersect lakes. And what that does, um, those causeways narrow the lake, and that will concentrate and bottleneck those fish that mm-hmm. have to go from one side to the other. So they're high-percentage places. And um, shad spawns um, occur there in the late spring, early summer. And um, bluegill live there all year. It's perfect. Um, flooded brush and, and terrestrial grass. Um, throughout the summer months, you're going to see a lot of flooding. And, you know, some pla- some areas in the country, um, it's been kind of a dry summer, it seems like, for most of us. But um, you'll find a lot of flooded brush. Um, it's an awesome, oppor- awesome opportunity for, you know, bus baits. Um, that water... When the water gets, you know, flooded up in the bushes and over the seawalls of lakes and, you know, even into people's yards, bass will flood the shallows and move with the water level. So they'll go shallow. It's a perfect place to find them. Mm-hmm. And isolated cover is a big deal. Isolated cover meaning if you see a stretch, uh, a 50-yard stretch of bank or a 100-yard stretch of bank, and you don't see um, there's one stump or one laydown. Well, guess what? That concentrates the bass. They have one option there, so guess where they're going to be? Right. They're going to be right there. So sometimes the fishiest places with 100 laydowns or fallen trees, they look the best, but they're a lot harder to dissect. The isolated cover puts you on the fish quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and submerged grass, um, anytime it's near or touching the water surface, um, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect situation for a buzz bait. Um, and anytime there's a void between the grass line and the bank, just make sure you make a few casts towards it because a lot of anglers overlook these areas, which again makes the fishing better for those people who pay attention to it. Right. And um, docks. Everybody's favorite, right? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, especially you know in Texas, it's a big deal. In Georgia, where I am, it's a big deal. Um, it, docks get hammered and pounded by jigs, worms. The same old stuff. Again, with the docks, you're preying on unfamiliarity. You're putting that. You're putting something in front of that bass that it doesn't see much. Because a lot of times, bass will live on docks. That's their home. They'll move a little bit, but that's where they live. So they see jigs and and worms in front of their face all year, and they're they're used to it. They're they're not completely dumb. Yeah. So yeah. if you can do something a little bit different, show them that buzz bait, clack it off the dock post or off the ladder hanging off the side, or even, a, a, you know, gently, of course, knock it off of a pontoon boat. You know, just anything to, to re- elicit a reaction strike is perfect. Right on, right on. Well, hey, um, really have enjoyed um, the insight here today, basically covering all things regarding buzz bait. Uh, this often overlooked bait that, uh, you know, hey, if if you're like me and maybe you don't throw it that much, get it out of that tackle box. Uh, use Walker's insight and knowledge here. Uh, it'll result in more blow-ups, no doubt about that. If you want to give us your uh, social media stuff and, and where folks can find more of your writings, we'd uh, certainly love to hear that. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's facebook.com slash wired to fish. Uh, and that's W-I-R-E-D, the number two, fish, F-I-S-H dot com so it's wired to fish dot com facebook dot com slash wired to fish we're on instagram at wired to fish official and we're also on twitter um we post uh, geez we post dozens of new pieces of content every week hundreds per year and uh, our whole lives revolve around helping people catch more fish that's that's all it is um, yeah. straightforward and we just want to help people enjoy the sport and and don't y'all have a news i think i get a, a news like a, an email blast as well 
Yeah, you can sign up on our website for um, what we'll do. We know everybody's busy. Um, not everybody can be glued to their phones or um, or computers throughout the week. So what we'll do, we'll email the top performing pieces of content each uh, Saturday. Okay. It's either Friday or Saturday. Yeah. To our, I know I get it once a on week. Uh-huh. So hey, you know, you're sitting around watching football on a on a Saturday. You know, comes to commercial break. Scroll through a couple of our articles. Give us a, if you give us your email address, we do not spam you. We do not bother you. We get annoyed by that ourselves. So we're we're totally straightforward about that. Perfect, perfect. Well, hey, I got to tell you, I'm about to go put a trailer hook on my trailer hook. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put about six of those suckers on and see see what happens. Just hold on. All right, all right, man. Well, hey, I've certainly enjoyed it, Walker. Thanks again for your time, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime in the in the near future. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. You too, buddy. All right. Everything you needed to know about buzz baits, get them out of that tackle box, shake the rust off of them. Uh, Walker Smith there from Wired to Fish. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the deer lease for opening weekend. Hey, but come on. Don't be drinking before you climb up in that tree stand. Drink responsibly and celebrate running a broadhead through that Big Bucks Vitals with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, let's take a break. Up next, one of my all-time favorite musicians, uh, back from his harder days as the lead singer of Stained. I know he used to rock him out in high school to where he is today uh, as a country singer-songwriter. Aaron Lewis joins us next to talk hunting, Hillary, and uh, who knows what else right here on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. If you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas-Lewisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers, from small single-axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Hey, this is Michael Hunsucker with Heartland Bowhunter. Thank you for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm old enough to know that that ain't country. That's a natural fact. It's full of tales of good times and happy endings. My life ain't like that. So I'll keep listening to the old songs that my granddad used to play. Full of pain. 
Welcome everybody back to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And off Power Polaris, I thank you so much for being here today. Uh, that's the latest from Aaron Lewis. That ain't country of his brand new record, Center, uh, which just came out this week. Aaron is all set to join us here momentarily, by the way. And we've got a lot to get into with him. Everything from bow hunting to Hillary. I mean, and oh God, Hillary. You, you'll want to hear his take on that for sure. Uh, and who knows what else. But first, this segment of the program is brought to you by STI Guns, a Texas tradition based out of Georgetown. They've got a full lineup of pistols. Check them out at STIGuns.com and Sendero Seed Company, Texas premier seed company. Give Rob Hughes a call. Uh, he's got everything you need to keep your whitetail herd happy and healthy, and you can find that at SenderoSeed.com. Uh, let's go ahead now. And bring him on. He's an old friend of the show. Uh, it's always great to visit with him. It's my pleasure to welcome one of my all-time favorite musicians, Aaron Lewis. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks. <laughs> you bet. You bet. What's happening? I'm uh, just living the dream, talking hunting and fishing and country music. This must be a busy <laughs> time of the year for you. Hunting season's here, and you've got a new record, Center, that actually just came out. Uh, yeah, Center is really kind of screwing up my hunting season. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very happy about. <laughs> I wasn't very happy about the position of of the release date stepping all over my elk hunting season. Well, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, elk hunting season here momentarily. But but first, tell us a little bit about the new record. It's country by by definition, not necessarily by what's getting played on country radio today. Yeah, well, that's a good thing because I'm not a big fan of what's getting played on country radio today for the most part are you going to have a new tour i mean are you going to be touring during this hunting season um yeah the entire tour is already pretty much sold out already right on all the way through hunting season <laughs> kind of killing me <laughs> yeah duty calls though uh well i'll find time yeah now are you still are you still doing the hunting show yep on Fifth the road season. with rock and aaron Yes, sir. Right on. And that obviously airs on Sportsman's Channel. And I can't, I don't know, what are we in, season three or four now? I think five. Season five? God, time flies. Awesome. Yes, it does. And what, uh, what's been your favorite hunt that you've done as part of, you know, filming for the show? Um, our elk hunt last year was absolutely amazing. Um, and I killed a 210 inch. 23 point white tail last year as well. Yeah, I've seen pictures. That'll be on that, this year's that'll be on this year's show. Uh-huh. Awesome. And now uh, uh including including the first encounter which possessed a miss <laughs> from 12 yards away. Buck fever, huh? Um well, I drew back when I saw him coming into view and he stopped for a while. And there was probably 10 does in the field looking at me and not looking at him. Hmm. And, uh, and so I had a lot of variables in the scenario going against me. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was actually able to pick my bow up off my knee to help with keeping it drawn back, I'd probably held it back for 
two and a half minutes already. Oh wow! So I was shaking. I was shaking pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and at such a close distance, you know, some good shaking will move move you right off the target. Oh yeah. <laughs> On top of being half the distance of my first pin, so I was going to shoot high anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I skipped it right off his back. Well, I mean, not, and, not to mention, uh, and went back, went back two two weeks later, and uh, and got on him and killed him. Well, I, well, yeah, but I mean, you're looking at a 200 inch whitetail. I mean, that would give anybody the the the, the yips and and. Oh, I to... almost, I almost missed him again. <laughs> I, I did. I almost missed him again the second time. Uh, <laughs> but but we can see that on uh, on this season of On the Road with Rock and Aaron on Sportsman's Channel. Yes, sir. Awesome. awesome. Well, you know, I, I like that you're so down to earth. You know, you're not too uh, vain to say, "Hey, you know, I screwed up," or uh, "You know, I almost missed him again," or whatever. I mean, that's all part of hunting. All part of hunting. Yeah. You know, what hunts do you have planned for this fall that you're going to squeeze in amidst uh, a busy touring schedule? Um, I mean, we have a, we've got a really full schedule. There's a there's a hunt every week. It's just a matter of whether I can get to it or not. We've got we just picked up 187 square miles in Montana. We've we've got properties in 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 Indiana, in Kansas, in Ohio, in Iowa, in Missouri, in Kentucky. We uh, there's no shortage of of hunting to do. It's just a matter of if I can break away from my crazy schedule and do it. Yeah, but. And are you more uh, passionate about bow or rifle hunting, or just if there's an open season, you're there? Absolutely, bow hunting. Uh huh. If I can kill it with a bow, I'll kill it with a bow. Right, but you'll pick up a rifle if you have to, huh? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So you you mentioned elk hunting. Uh, are you going to squeeze any elk hunts in? No, I'm my 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 elk season is is a no go this year. And is that is elk hunting something that you're as passionate about as whitetails? Yeah, yeah, just as passionate as whitetail and turkey. I mean, elk, elk are really you know, thousand pound turkeys with horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they pretty much they act the same way. They they come to your calling, and you're you're vocally interacting with them, which is about the coolest thing that you can do. And yeah, I'm I'm just as ate up with elk as I am with with whitetail and turkeys. Yeah. Oh, and you're absolutely spot on with that. I mean, I killed my first one last year with a bow. And just like you said, it's like talking to a Tom, you know, uh, mm-hmm. working them in with the, you know, whether you're, uh, using a, um, a cow vocalization or another bull, just like you would with a hen or a Tom uh, in the Turkey woods. Right. So it is. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I mean, the, the experience of that, is is what it's all about you know the kill the kill ends everything mm-hmm. you know the the hunt for me means it's so meaningful to me it's such a spiritual thing and uh and the kill just ends it yeah yeah oh yeah and there's always a little bit of sadness you know when you do take that well that's why that's why it's not it's 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 very common to to see me not fill a tag even on the TV show when it's all about filling tags on the camera and, and I will let deer 
walk by because I, in my book, they're not ready for the kill yet and, and leave tags open instead of filling it with an animal that, that I don't think is, is ready to be harvested yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, uh, that says a lot about your evolution as a hunter, you know, where probably it hasn't probably always been that way for you. Um, uh, just like, it, you know, um, no, it wasn't always that way. I mean, I love eating it too. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll eat the heck out of some does. Um, but you know, when it comes to picking that deer to fill my tag with, I'm, I'm very picky and it's going to be a mature deer or it's not. Well, and, and you mentioned eating it. I don't think there's anything on God's green earth that's better than, than elk meat. Oh, best. Yeah. I will say that, they, uh, you know, moose. Yeah. Fantastic. I haven't, I haven't actually uh, hunted moose yet, but it's definitely on the list. Um, oh God, a moose, a moose roast cooked classically like new England pot roast style where it falls apart. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Put that one on the list for sure. I, I mean, I love, cooking is a, you know, that's what I'm passionate about as much as the hunting side of things. They actually, our dove season just opened up in Texas uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and, I, I, I'm, I'm extremely and fully aware. Thank you <laughs> very, very much. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I've made a couple dishes here with those little tiny dove hearts, and uh, you talk about just a delicious bite of, of natural protein. Uh, absolutely oh, phenomenal. Yeah. So good. Um, Well, let me ask you this. As far as your music is concerned, you know, it's changed a lot over the years. Obviously, you've gone from hard rock to uh, country. And, I, you know, I'd say Stain's lyrics are usually pretty dark, sometimes even angry, uh, which I think made it appealing to a lot of people, myself included. Uh, That's not really the case these days. The lyrics are still very real, but a little more lighthearted. Well, you know... Country music has given me the opportunity to write songs a little differently. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to not have to bear the the scars of my soul in every song that I'm singing all night long. I'd say that's a good way to summarize it, for sure. Um, what about, now, you, you still call Massachusetts home? Yes, sir. It's not uh, a very gun-friendly state, is my understanding. Um... No, not as a state, but the cool thing is, you know, as as with smaller town living, everybody in town is still connected to the town, mm-hmm. and your vote means something, and, and my town in particular is very gun-friendly, whereas the state isn't, mm-hmm. but operating within the confines of the state, the uh, my, the town that I live in is is very good friendly. Awesome. All right. Well, you I know, mean, it really comes down to it comes down to your chief of police when it comes to the state of Massachusetts. Hmm, okay. And our chief of police fully believes in everyone's right to to own, possess, and and carry. Mm-hmm. So. What is your uh, what's your go to uh, carry caliber? Um, I carry a, a Smith and Wesson. Uh, Airlight, uh, three fifty seven Magnum revolver, right. a hammerless revolver. Uh-huh. Right on. There's just there's there's nothing that can go wrong. Yeah. Pull the trigger and 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 down the situation goes. Mm-hmm. 
No getting snagged on pockets or anything like that with that hammer? No, nothing yet. No getting snagged on pockets. I put a crimson trace, uh, uh, pressure activated, uh, laser sight on it. Mm-hmm. And so now, I mean, really, if the, if the situation is so extreme and so pressure ridden, I don't even have to think about it. Right. And I just put that dot where, where I want the bullet to go. Well, um, Aaron, a lot of our, you know, a lot of people's publicists or PR people tell us, Hey, don't ask them about politics. You've never really been too shy about that. What is, what is your biggest fear for when, or, or, you know, if this country puts Hillary in office or do you have a fear? Oh God, my biggest, the, the list is so long of my fears of Hillary Clinton being our president. We don't have time in this interview. <laughs> Um, you know, I guess I'm still trying to understand how she's not in jail or certainly not, or certainly not at least completely disqualified from running for the presidency and holding a government office period. Yeah. I mean, she should not be participating in our governmental process regardless of what, you know, period. Yeah. Well, and it's like when our parents, uh, Say when our parents were our age, there's no way in hell that this would have stood. I don't, I don't know how this country has changed so much, but there's there's no way people would have gone for. Oh yeah, she's uh under investigation. P- people were killed at her expense. What's well, elector president? I mean, just that would never have flown. Yeah, totally. There's a there's a there's a four page list following me around of people that have that have died of strange and weird consequences in their in both of their wakes in the entire time that they've been in government held you know positions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's four there's a four page list of of people that it's pretty weird yeah. the way they all died of these strange weird occurrences yeah well and they're all people that were done, that, that they were all people that were directly connected to their their wrongdoings. So go figure. Yeah. I don't know. Coincidence. Coincidence. The line is drawn in the sand with coincidence. At some point, I would have to think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Hopefully, and her America. newest and her newest uh, you know concussion brought on um, um, memory loss is is just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect time. Amazing. Uh-huh. Amazing. And, and we're still and we're still eating it. Like there's frosting all over it and it's covered with our with our favorite fruit preserves. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's totally mind boggling. It it absolutely is. Well I, I knew uh I knew kind of where you stood on that, so uh, th- that didn't disappoint. Let me ask you one more thing here. Um bucket list hunt. If you, ha- I mean, you've already taken a moose and elk with your bow. What's left for you that you haven't done that you're like, man, I, that's the top of the list. I still want to go after all the African stuff with a bow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to go over and do that. Awesome. <coughs> yeah, I'm doing South Africa you know, next. That, uh, I'd love to go. I'd love to go way north and do and get a caribou with the bow. Um, there's definitely things that I haven't done yet. I'd love to go to New Zealand and get a, a red stag oh, yeah. with the bow. Nice. nice. I, I got plenty on my list. Cool. Still, yeah, I'm doing. Still... 
doing the uh, South Africa trip next July for the first time. So nice. Yeah. So jealous. Yeah. None of the big five, you know, but you can go over there and shoot a kudu for fifteen hundred bucks. So right. Know, I mean, that's that's dirt cheap compared to what people pay for a trophy whitetail hunt in the U.S. And you'll pay more than that for a kudu here in the states. Oh, like fifteen grand in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. without the without the the African safari experience at mm-hmm. all. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, your transition to country music, like we said, it's been relatively seamless. Only thing missing are some skinny jeans and pelvic thrusting in the direction of twenty-something-year-old co-ads. <laughs> I, I, I missed uh, I missed class that day. <laughs> We're glad you I did, skipped, man. I, I, I skipped class, and me and all my buddies went and partied for the day. Nice, nice. Well, we're certainly glad you did. Uh, y'all check out the new record, Center. Uh, brand new stuff. It's available now. And we'll let you get back to your golf game, another one of your passions, man. Thanks so much for making time for us. Hey, my pleasure, man. All right, take care. All right, see you, bud. Thanks. <laughs> so there he goes, the one and only uh, passionate bow hunter, uh, former rock and roll and front man for Stained, and uh, currently he keeps on living the wildlife and uh, putting out some great country tunes. Aaron Lewis. Our old buddy, great to have him on the show. That segment, by the way, brought to you by Scentblocker. Y'all know it by now. That's the name that I trust on all of my outdoor adventures. Uh, they've got, well, they've got the best hunting apparel in the industry, if you ask me. And you can check out their entire lineup from base layers to heavy-duty cold-weather gear and everything in between right there at Scentblocker.com. Let's knock out a break. Up next, man, I've got to recap my Colorado mule deer and elk hunt for you. It was one for the ages for all the wrong reasons, and uh, I'm not too proud to say, hey, I screwed up. I'll tell you what I did next. Hopefully you can learn from it and not make the same mistakes. You're listening to DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show. I'm a center to my core, and I ask forgiveness. To my core, I ask forgiveness. Cable Smith here for Lone Star Ag Credit. We all know land is a limited commodity. Let's face it, they're not making any more of it, but everybody wants it. Whether that's to build a house, hunt deer, or run cattle, allow Lone Star Ag Credit to help make that land your land. They've been doing it since 1917. For more information, Visit LoneStarAgCredit.com to let them help you finance your piece of Texas today. We all love fishing, but private water fishing makes the experience even more enjoyable. Private means private, and when you reserve one of over 50 private lakes, that means you're the only one on the water. Lakes are stocked and professionally managed to grow big bass, and most have boats on site at no charge. You'll catch bigger numbers and bigger fish than on public water. Silence, solitude, and no crowds. It's a great way to introduce kids and grandkids into the outdoors. Visit privatewaterfishing.com to become a member today. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's G-O-I-N-Fencing.com. 
Hey, North Texas sports fans. This is Brian Spagnola, general manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. How can you love him if you don't even like him? You call him your lover, he ain't even your best friend. Left in the wings, I was waiting for the curtain to fall. That's a brand spanking new one there from Reckless Kelly. How can you love him if you don't even like him? Bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer. And off oh, Power Polaris, I'm Cable Smith. There's no place I'd rather be than right here talking all things outdoors with you today. Thanks for being here. I do appreciate each and every one of you. As I am, well, unfortunately, about to recap the last week of my life, which was spent and the Rockies of Colorado I had an elk and a mule deer tag in my pocket. Things did not go as planned. I made some really horrible decisions, uh, hunted worse than I probably have hunted in a long time. Maybe maybe not ever, but for sure in a long time. Uh, just nothing went my way. And, uh, and we're going to get into some of the things that I did. Hopefully you can avoid these same mistakes and one of them uh, you're absolutely going to be shocked at it was a it was a surreal experience for me that is for sure but before we do that this segment of the show is brought to you by Port Aransas my favorite destination on the Texas coast uh, they've got not only the deep blue waters of the Gulf of Mexico but miles and miles of coast and here's the best thing when you bring in your red snapper or your trout or your redfish or your grouper whatever you name the fish the local restaurants will cook it up for you right there on the beach at sundown. So come fish and play Texas Island style. Visit portaranzas.org for more info. Okay, well, like I said, last week was uh, a trip that started off with high aspirations. And uh, by the time it was all said and done, myself and my friend Baylor Blanchard of Sunnyside Outdoors came home with the biggest slice of humble pie i mean it was tag soup baby we had five tags between the two of us and you know i was after mule deer that was the number one priority and then after i tagged out we were going to try to get baylor his elk we had five tags between the two of us and you know we were talking driving up there 16 hour drive from north texas thinking hey if we got two mule deer and one elk on the ground that would be a great trip well that was far from reality as we came home with humble pie and uh, our coolers a lot lighter than when we left void of any kind of venison. And I'm going to tell you about two 
really stupid things that I did. And uh, and hopefully y'all will learn from my mistakes, uh, you know. I, and I thought about, you know, just glossing over this, maybe not sharing it with you, but hey, this is a Lone Star Outdoors show, not uh, some show on Outdoor Channel where misses and wounded animals get left on the cutting room floor. Uh, it's real. And if one of you can prevent yourselves from losing your trophy animal this fall, that big buck that you've been seeing on trail camera, well, then so be it. Uh, so how did the week start? It was phenomenal. Baylor, my buddy from Sunnyside Outdoors, had... Oh my gosh, the pictures on trail camera of these Colorado giant mule deer were just mind-boggling. I mean, 180-inch bucks, uh, at least three or four of them. And they were all bachelored up running in big groups, so they were easy to find. Uh, Well, okay, all of them bachelored up except for one. And and we didn't have pictures of this buck, but we found him at the bottom of a ridge we were hunting on the third evening. Just glassing. uh, And... He was feeding out in a meadow, and I thought, oh, okay, that's an older buck, and, you know, he's probably just broken away from, from the group for the evening and is just feeding by himself. So the next evening, I sneaked down there. It probably took me a good two hours, and it was probably a two- or three-mile hike just to, to get over there, and I camp out where we saw him feeding. Well, as I would come to find out, this buck... He didn't care about bachelor groups. He didn't care about running with the boys. He probably doesn't even breed anymore. He just survives. I guarantee you this deer never left a 500-yard area from where I saw him. He was in thick cover. He had a a stream with a big thicket right there, just thick, dense cover. Uh, Far cry from the aspens and uh, firs that the other bucks would lay out in. So anyway, I'd figure out eventually that that this deer is an absolute hermit. And he doesn't care about anything else other than surviving. And I set up with my muzzle loader, oh, probably 50, 60 yards from where we saw him feeding the night before. Okay, so these deer are creatures of habit. And I should have I should have just remembered that or gone with my instinct. Instead, the buck is a few minutes late coming out. And by, let's say more like 45 minutes. I'm sitting there waiting, looking at my watch, thinking, okay, he's got to come out. When he doesn't come out, and since I didn't see him where he entered the field or the meadow the day before, I moved to the middle of the meadow thinking, oh, I can I can cover a lot more ground sitting here than just over in this corner where my vision is limited. As soon as I sit down, dang deer, I look over, and he is staring right at me. 40 yards from where I was sitting. Oh, I'm totally busted. Uh, I end up trying to uh, fling a 150-yard freehand shot with a muzzleloader at him. And I practice freehand shots, and we probably all do. Clean miss. He runs up 50 yards uphill, turns around and looks at me, and just kind of laughs. <laughs> no blood. Clean miss, which for that I'm thankful for. So... That's the stupid mistake, number one. Number two, last night of the hunt. God bless Baylor, my friend from Sunnyside Outdoors. He's still trying to put me on a a nice muley, and we've got a 4x4 90 yards away. I'm I'm thinking, oh, this is a a clean shot opportunity. 
I got a good rest. And so I dropped the hammer. And that buck does a backflip. I'm talking stands up on his back legs and flips back onto his head. I, I never seen anything like it. And my mind's telling me, that deer's dead. There ain't no way. I heard the thud. That was a 230 grain bullet. He's a goner. So I give him 10 minutes. And uh, the like, actually, there were two other bucks with him. They they ran off immediately. He didn't because <laughs> he did a backflip. Uh, and uh, so we still got some good light. And I decide after 10 minutes, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's dead. I'm 100% sure he's dead. I, my eyes are telling me that deer got smoked. So I walk up on him, got my camera out, and get three feet away from the steer, reach down to grab his rack and start looking at it. Count the points. Son of a gun jumps up to all fours, runs off with his front left leg dangling. So that immediately told me that my shot was a couple inches low because I was just trying to hammer him in that left front shoulder. Uh, Baylor had said these muleys have a lot of fat on them, and, and they don't bleed a lot. We gave him two hours after that. We didn't want to bump him. We tracked him till 1.30 in the morning. Coyotes, unfortunately, had bumped him again. We found where he'd bedded down. And uh, and every time they bumped him, he'd actually bleed a lot better. But uh, we, we never could get back on that buck. And so I, I wounded uh, a very nice mule deer. Uh, that's sickening to me. Uh, something that will stick in my crawl for a long time. And uh, and I'm really only sharing this story with you so that hopefully this season, when you do thump that big buck, uh, yeah, I'm not saying you have to give him more than 10 minutes if, if you're rifle hunting. If you're bow hunting, for sure, yeah, give him 30 minutes, give him an hour. But if you see him buckle with the rifle, if you want to walk up on him, just make sure you've got another round chambered. This was a muzzle loader. Like I said, a uh, pretty, pretty powerful bullet, 230 grains. There was no doubt in my mind this buck was dead. Uh, but it didn't play out like that. So hopefully one of y'all listening today will remember this uh, when you walk up on your big buck this fall and you'll have another round chambered. <laughs> and if you see he's not dead, or let's just say if you can't even see his eyes, which the dead buck's eyes are going to be open. I couldn't see this deer's eyes. Uh, you'll just put another round in him, and uh, and that's the best advice I can give you. So maybe you'll save uh, a little heartbreak for one of y'all. So uh, while I've given you the bad, <laughs> there was plenty of good as well. I mean, to be out there and to be in giant mule deer every day, and and then in the mornings we'd uh, we'd go after elk, trying to get Baylor his first bull. Um, oh my God, we saw some monster six by sixes and. You know, we, we they were very responsive to bugling and cow calling. Just wouldn't close that last 30 yards or so. Uh, Baylor was pretty confident out to 60 yards, and uh, these bulls just would hang up just outside of that range. So uh, we were we were in them thick. They were bugling their brains out. Uh, just couldn't get one uh, to come in for for a good shot opportunity. But man. Elk, mule deer, color phase bear, uh, almost had an opportunity to harvest one of those. Um, it was it was truly an incredible trip in God's country in the Rocky Mountains. I can't wait to do it again. Although we came home uh, with tag soup, it is what it is. That's hunting. 
Can't win them all. Last year was a totally different story, and next year will be uh, a brand-new chapter as far as Chase and Elk and Muleys go. Um, plus, we've got an alligator hunt coming up this weekend down in Anahuac. Hopefully, uh, we will start a new hot streak on that trip, uh, mixing a teal hunt one of those mornings down there in the uh, Texas rice fields and uh, get the ball rolling in the right direction. But uh, like I said, this ain't a pity party. It, crap happens, and I'm sure some of y'all can relate. I don't know if any of you have ever had the zombie deer experience and just jumps up, comes back to life, and scares the crap out of you. <laughs> but odds are at least one of you has. Uh Hey, we've got an, uh, a hunt coming up in Anahuac for alligator and teal this weekend, so we'll get this ship righted. We'll start a new hot streak, and I uh, hope that everyone else does as well. Enjoy the last weekend of the Texas teal season. Uh, we'll be out there. Can't wait to, to get Bell out on those rice prairies and uh, stack up some blue wingers. Of course, the uh, Texas dove season is rocking and rolling in all zones now, so hopefully everyone's whacking and stacking those white wingers and morning dove. Next weekend is the opener for many states, uh, October 1st, archery opener for uh, a lot of folks. Y'all be safe. Climb in those trees. Be sure to wear your harness. That's not a joke, man. Hunters die from falls every year. Uh, that's a fact. So wear your harness. The alternative is not worth it. Uh, well, I feel like we're ending on a down note, but uh, it's more just uh, reality than anything else. I do want to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in today. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. We wouldn't be here without their support. We'll do it again, same time, same place, next week. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week. much fun, but I'm a money-hungry son of a gun. It ain't no easy living off the land. But God bless me with the two strong hands I have.